So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Nikki Leach and Richard O'Shields, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody to this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I'm Richard O'Shields, and just to my left of ways, I have Nikki Norlock. Hey, Nikki. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. That's it's been awesome. a day already. Holy it's, cow. Yeah, it's been a really full day, and it's just barely afternoon for you. It's still morning over here. So, yeah. But we're going to have another one of those time zone spanning shows because we can do that <laughs> so absolutely the whole world getting smaller every day absolutely it must be the uk guest week because we just uh we just interviewed david cole yeah we just there, had david UK. cole yesterday and they're having good weather so they're all ready to talk and be all springy yeah I remember I, my first trip to uh, Europe, we flew into London, was our first stop, and uh, we went on the old BOAC airlines, and uh, the pilot came on, uh, you know, shortly before landing. They usually do that, and they tell you about the weather, right? And he, uh, right. he warned us all to be prepared and, and get out our sunscreen, because there was no fog or clouds, and they weren't sure how to land in weather like that, but they were going to try. <laughs> It's funny. It's funny. We have we have an interesting update actually from David Cole today since we just did him um we just interviewed him yesterday. And so our listeners will be listening to this probably a couple of days after um they're they're listening to the show with him. All of our listeners know about George. This George guy. Who's this George guy? And what's going on with George? Um and most of our listeners know the backstory of how we came up where I came up with the name of George and why now so many people around the planet who've been on this show are now referring to God as George. And But interestingly enough, David being working with us so closely and being a close personal friend of mine didn't know the George story. Huh? So We kind of just think everybody knows. So We just assume everybody knows, right? Just George, it's God, come on. Um, but so... David didn't know the George story, so he sent me a message saying, by the way, who's this George person you're talking about? And so I sent him one back saying, well, it's God, and it's too long a story to type, so you know, I'll tell you next time we talk on Skype. And um, he sent me back a message saying, I thought so, but did you know George has been long used as a word to replace God? And so, no, I didn't know that, David. I just want to point that out. Uh, it came to us 
in 2009. Well, it came to me in 2009 by way of a question to God, what do I call you? And God said, George. And I said, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Curious George wants to experience everything, Everything. right? That's always been our take on, on God, creator, source energy is this, this creative energetic force that expresses itself through physicality so that it can experience everything. That's God. So that means it's all of it. It's all God. That's George. That's George. David comes back with an explanation. In the late 16th, early 17th century, following the rise of Puritanism, people became quite intense about misusing God's name. That whole, do not use the Lord thy God's name in vain, you'll go to hell. So so they started to replace it with other things. In those days, as common as it is now to hear, oh my gosh, the name of false gods was used. The most common was the king of Roman gods, Jupiter, also known as Jove. Now we've heard many references right across the board to Jove, right? Statements such as, by Jove, Became common. By Jove, he's got it. Right? You've heard that. You've heard that. It's an old, old English expression. By Jove, he's got it. Later on in the late 17th century, it became more anglicized to be George instead of Job. Hence, statements like the one Richard and I use so often by George, she's got it, which was made famous by the song The Rain and Spain in the musical My Fair Lady. George is a replacement word for God via the Roman god Jove Jupiter. So there you go. Apparently, Apparently. <laughs> by George, I really did have it. Yeah. Didn't make that up. <laughs> it would, you know, not, not a new thing. It's liking that whole Curious George add-on, but been using that George name for a while. By George. Apparently. Yeah. So it is not as blasphemous as I originally thought people would think it is. In fact, it was used as a word replacement for God so that God, the word God, would not be used in a blasphemous or disrespectful manner. So there you go. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Christians can't be mad at me. <laughs> I love that. It's exciting. It's exciting. The story of George. The story of George. Holy man-made monikers, Batman. <laughs> by George. Because it, it was. It was, it was not even so much the by George, she's got it thing until the movie. It was, you know, something surprising right. or shocking. Ooh, by George. What is that? Well, well, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so... Interesting that that comes from David and comes from the UK and and here we go again, traveling virtually in our sand, virtual light ship sandbox chat room to the UK again, Whee! where we have joining us today, Kirsty McAndrew. Welcome, Kirsty. How you doing? Hi, Rick. Hi, Nikki. I'm doing good, thank you. Wonderful. Was Kirsty the, Sorry, no, I was going to say, it made me laugh, Rick, what you were saying about the weather, because, because the English are generally obsessed with the weather, and I know when I touched down after a year away, my very first comment, I think, on Facebook was, 
referring to the weather like cold, wet, grey. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> home. <laughs> Old home week. Yeah. Ah, some things they never change. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can- Canadians too are famous for our bitching, whining, and chewing about the weather. We do it frequently. <laughs> In fact, yesterday. It was 26 degrees here, so that's 26 degrees Celsius, which I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, but that's 26 degrees Celsius, very warm, sunny, beautiful day. Today, we have snow. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. This is right, what it so means to be Canadian. 79 degrees Fahrenheit yesterday, you know, humid morning, kind of Costa Rica-ish. And then yeah, it was snow. very Costa Rica yesterday. And then today it's minus eight and snow. <laughs> All righty, you know that <laughs> spring thing. It'll tease I you love for a my while. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Nature, you're a comedian. So, Kirsty, we have a big question for you. We got to ask it. I know you're dreading it, but it's got to be done. Hit me with. Are it. you ready? I am. All right. Kirsty. Mm. Who on earth are you and what do you do? Wow. <laughs> who on earth am I? I would say I'm an adventurer, traveler, lover of life, explorer. Who? Um fun loving spiritual healer teacher a lot of things um as well as daughter and sister but um gosh and what do i do what i do for me is i have a really big thing now of following my heart and so I go where my heart takes me. I listen to my intuition and I create what I would most love in my life because I spent many, many years not doing it. So the various things, you know, obviously that um, is expressed in so many ways and and it's through the work that I do, through traveling around the globe, through my relationship with my boyfriend, um, all sorts of things. So... Does that answer your question? Would you like me to elaborate? Absolutely. No. That's good. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, which bit? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of one of those questions that you can't really have a wrong answer for. And I like the who on earth are you part uh, really well. And, and the uh, I, I love what you do, but I like the, you know, well, I don't know, explorer, adventurer. I, uh, I'm an experiencer. Verbal. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm an expression like, of George. <laughs> exactly, I am a unique expression of George, um, and I'm loving, loving exploring that expression and and being that expression, um, and discovering what that truly means for me. Um, but yeah, and in terms of what I do, um, you know. One of my big, big passions is dance and always has been. Um, 
absolutely been my sanctuary and my medicine and it, it's the place I go to to feel most free and connected to source. Um, same with traveling. I absolutely love exploring new places, um, getting into the energy of new places, experiencing different cultures. And I was asking myself recently, why, you know, why is it that I, I love that so much? And I think each place and each experience helped you experience more of you and more of life, um, which in turn makes me feel more alive. And one of, and you know, another huge, huge passion and why I ended up um, kind of living for several months in Costa Rica was because I have such a deep, deep desire to connect with nature. And I know, you know, when I'm in nature, when I'm surrounded by it, when I'm near it, I feel so much happier and more in balance, more centered. And I know, you know, I guess the trick is to get to that same place when you're in an urban environment and, and live from that same place of stillness. Um, but there's something about vibrant nature and just connecting that very readily brings you back to source. Um, well, let's, let's touch on that first for a second, because this is an important topic and one that we like to discuss as, as often as we are given the opportunity. Yes, there is this I- ideal that we are presented with that you can go into any energy and, and any space and still be calm and at peace internally. Yeah. Yes? However, yes. we feel here at Everyday Connection very strongly that life as a human is a series of choice points. Essentially, each now moment is a choice point. And we believe that humans have been gifted with this ability to create for themselves whatever life they would like to create. Therefore, we also feel that they have the right to experience life as they wish to experience it. So if your desire is to be with nature, then that is not to say that you can't be at peace in a non-natural environment. It simply is that your desire is more to be out in nature, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I become really apparent is the more we connect with our desires and what we truly love, the more we live from that space, the happier anyone is, the more alive, the more healthy. Um, so it's really allowing that experience and allowing ourselves to understand, you know, what works for us. So absolutely. I mean, yeah, nature is one of the biggest, biggest um, passions in, in my life. And um, I love it. Me too. Me too. I live in the middle of the bush Mm -hmm. and I, you know, it, I I spent my early years running away from farm country and from bushland and running to the big city and the lights and the busyness and the everything that, that I saw as being, you know, it. And then realized, what am I thinking? And then I spent the next five years trying to run back to the bush. <laughs> and I finally made it. So here I am. And that's, that doesn't mean that I can't go into a city center and be calm and still and at peace. 
It just means I have a safe haven that I can call home that allows me to fully express all that I am, which is, you know, and part of all that I am is that I desire to be surrounded by Mother Nature because I love her and she is a gift to me and everything that she provides for us is a gift to me. So I want to be close to her as, as often as, as, you know, up in her face as I'm able to be. Costa Rica was awesome. The Philippines mm-hmm. was awesome. You know? I yeah. that's yummy. Yummy, yeah. yummy, 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 but yummy. You were surprised how much Costa Rica was like the Philippines. You thought it would be different. Oh the, the similarities in in the, the layout of the land and the the flora, the fauna, the the everything. The only thing that Costa Rica was missing that the Philippines has that I, I don't think I'll ever see anything quite so stunning as this is the rice terraces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's places in Costa Rica that are equally as beautiful, just different. But it was so similar. Is that, well, they're both tropics, aren't they? Because my brother lives in Malaysia. And mm-hmm. they have a very similar climate and um, kind of environment as well. And um, yeah, I mean, that's just stunning. All of it, all of it. I mean, I, I love, I really love experiencing. I can't say there's one particular element of nature that I love the most because so much of it touches my heart. And I think generally as a, a Western culture, it's so beneficial to spend time in nature, even if it's not your deepest desire to live there um, permanently or to be in it. I think because of the way lifestyles have have gone and the reliance on technology and you know how busy everyone is there there is a disconnect with nature and in turn a disconnect with our own true nature and for me I mean I got very ill because I was I for me my truth is I got so ill because I was so disconnected and Mm. in the last year when I went on this kind of big adventure a huge part of it was about reconnecting with my true nature and really understanding which environment supported me the most, where I felt most at home. Um, I would say that, I mean, I really see the value in uh, exploring different places. And certainly, although I wouldn't choose to live for long periods in somewhere like LA, I felt enormously creative there. So, that was a, a fabulous place to go to tap into that aspect aspect of myself. And then there were other places like Mount Shasta and um, Costa Rica and Sedona as well, where I really got in touch with, um, I don't know, a deeper aspect of myself that felt more like coming home. So I think they're noticing that for me when I there's something maybe that I want to create in my business or um, that I I want to experience, I'd be mindful of where I am because I certainly found in Costa Rica, I, I was very chilled, very relaxed <laughs> um, and not that motivated to do much. It, it can be hard to attempt to accomplish monumental things there because mm. it... Um, you spend a lot of time outdoors, just the way the structures are built and the way the outdoors is. You, you're on the patio, the, the rancho, the something, 
all yep. the time. The, the the little house I lived in, the, the only living room it had was outside. Uh, that's where the sofa was and that sort of thing. And I would just get lost in the nature repeatedly when I would try to accomplish things. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, it was just very difficult for me to focus on a computer screen uh, in that environment. And, uh, yeah. And the heat as well. I like, okay, I want to do nothing except maybe swim <laughs> in the pool or in the sea or something like that. But, yeah. Right. But, but that's important too, though. That's another thing that, that's really healing about that Costa Rica energy is that it's okay over there to do nothing. And, yes. and that's kind of something that we're lacking here in Western society. We have this preconceived notion that we always have to be busy. It's, it's must get it done. But you're not going to get healthy and whole and balanced if you don't take time to do nothing. It's yeah, so it's, important. It is. I absolutely agree. And I think the other thing about Costa Rica, there's a very special vortex of energy. I mean, apart from there being mm. such high oxygen in the air because of the rainforest, um, several people said to me, well, there's, you know, there's a vortex uh, kind of over one area of the sea. And, I heard so many stories of people going and living there and, and their health improving. So that combination of connecting with nature and taking the time out to rest and recuperate is so important. It is, and it, 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 I think it's important that people, you know, as, as we said, that you, you stay connected no matter where you are. Uh, yes. That you depart the concrete canyon now and again for the someplace verdant and green. Um, I noticed while I was in Costa Rica that the BBC was just one right after the other with these articles about um, children need to go outside and, and, and green spaces would save the national health care system billions. And, yeah. and, and, and I believe that those things are true, uh, uh, not just something that came out of a, a scientific study because it... Uh, it would also... Can I? Sorry, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, no, but I no. want to point out that it, it would also save save our our criminal justice system billions as well, because yeah. it has been proven true that these these gray, nasty building colors that we we have in all over downtown major cities all over North America um, are actually detrimental to the health. They create a sense. They, they they breed depression and anger and resentment and green space cures depression and and encourages unity and and a sense of peace so there would be less crime because people wouldn't be so pissed off and overwhelmed yeah. no absolutely um it, it it i think it is um important for uh, us as human beings, you know, as being part of, we're part of this planet thing going on here. And um, uh, they've actually done studies, uh, looking here at Find Law in their blog, um, that urban green spaces have been shown repeatedly to reduce crime. Wow. And, um, you know, going to, going to an inner city neighborhood and there's nothing green, everything's white or graffiti. And um, put in some parks, put in some green space, even if it's small, and crime just starts to drop. 
and it is that as much that connection with nature that connection with nature almost induces that connection with self it it, it, yeah. it is that everyday connection that we talk about of connecting with yourself and your inner your inner you um that makes the difference i think i my neurologist when i went to visit him you know and said how much better i was and then i'd moved to costa rica and he said well i've had two other patients move to costa rica and get better <laughs> i was like well why didn't you tell me that in advance and of course, he he strongly encourages all his patients to find their way. So he was mm. he thought the whole thing was grand. Yeah, I didn't know that about the crime. That's fantastic. I mean, and it makes sense to me. It makes so much sense because um, I think I'm making quite a big sweeping statement, I guess. But I I think so many people have lost their way because of that disconnection with self, with source, with their, you know, true nature, with nature. Um, and, and coupled with that, you know, if, if the grey buildings and the, the, the landscape is creating those lower vibrational feelings of anger and resentment and that kind of thing, that, and people don't know how to experience them and to process them, that's when they you know they become bottled up and then they come out as rage and you know the crime and all of that kind of thing and for me this is another reason why you know the work that I do the ecstatic dance coupled with the 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 body work and the body truth coaching it really is about helping people to get back into their bodies so they can experience um, themselves experience their thoughts their feelings their emotions through their bodies learn to process it you know shift that stuck energy anything that has been repressed or um you know shoved down and has got stuck in our energy field just that movement and becoming aware and bringing that back into consciousness is so healing so for me that that um connection with nature connection with our bodies is just so incredibly important Part of the part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Part of the deal. Yeah. Got to have it. Yeah, totally, totally. And you know, if you look at indigenous peoples from Africa to the Indians with their masks down there in Costa Rica, right around mm. the corner. I can't remember their name now. Uh, Baroka. Yeah, Baroka. And um, uh, but dance of generally uh, uh, at least at ceremonial times a, a form of ecstatic dance where you're just almost lost in it it was part of almost all of those cultures i think uh, it, yeah definitely all of the, all cultures i mean used as a a lot of uh, shamans and medicine men and women would have used it as a, a healing process but um when i was in Arizona and I went on a, a tour with a Hopi guide I went to the Hopi lands and, and part of the reason I ended up going to, to sort of northwest Arizona and um, traveling around Navajo Nation was because I think you know my journey around has been very much about connecting with my own true nature and I had a fascination with these indigenous cultures that were so much more connected to the land and they understood its cycles and um, you know how to live in harmony with it 
and so I was I was really drawn to those areas and I had an incredible experience I mean apart from the fact that Arizona and all the rocks is you know just so stunning I was actually shocked when I went to those areas because those indigenous cultures are now so disconnected with their heritage with community and with with the land um there were a lot of kind of overweight in fact the majority of indigenous people that i saw were actually overweight and when i was talking to the guy alcohol abuse a lot of alcohol abuse, all of that when I was talking to the guide, he just said, I mean, he started off with such pride of sharing his land and sharing the history and everything. It was fascinating. And he said there was about, I think, something like 40-something different dances that they did. Most of them, though, were to encourage the rain. So they were all rain dances, but they were you know, done at different times of year and um, slight differences to them, but they were dances and they were dances for the rain and they, they danced as if the rain, the, what they said, you know, the words they said was as if the rain was already there. So very much kind of yes. law of attacking stuff. But they were really, really disconnected and because Western culture, you know, new Western culture had had such an influence on their cultures. So I was really disappointed to meet all those people and see the impact of westernized society on them and that they had lost their connection and he you know he said if you have any ideas about how to bring it back i'd be open to it because they you know most of their clans no longer had initiation ceremonies and all of the the rituals and traditions were dying out as well um so there's there's been a massive massive impact of this culture western culture that's so disconnected with the i I guess our truth our true natures and the age of reason Mm. was maybe not not very reasonable reasonable. yeah well you know (laughs) not so much it's right up there with uh, right up there with common sense is not so common. Yeah. Yeah, well, these misnomers that we have that run around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. There's a, a, a graphic that's gone around, and I, I don't find it right this instant, but uh, one of those memes I've seen run around Facebook about, you know, the the uh, medicine man, the shaman, you know, somebody mm-hmm. would come and say, I'm ill, and he would say, well, how long since you've sung? How long since you've danced? And, yeah. and how long since you have uh, been in the in the woods? And 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 I think there's a tremendous amount of truth in that. It, it, it because it is this connection. I I used to have a friend that uh, that was her thing. Was she would turn on old disco music. Yeah. And 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 climb up on top of furniture and dance. Yeah. And just be mm-hmm. totally lost and and which is not lost to me it's found but whether you want to talk about it being meditative whether you want to I, I think there's almost even more to it than that uh because of the the deep connection like you said with the body because I think we have a lot of I think we have a lot of trouble with that really um oh, I'll tell you some, something I I discovered quite by accident um 
I use an elliptical every morning from 20 to 30 minutes. I'm now up to about 30 minutes. Sometimes they go as long as 38 minutes. So as soon as I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is let my dog out, grab my glass of water with lemon, and get on my elliptical. That's like the first thing I do in the morning. I have gotten to the point where my balance is so good now that I don't use the handles or anything like that. I do I do core elliptical work, so I'm not holding on. Mm. And I started dancing on the elliptical in the morning. And I and I know that sounds crazy. Like my legs are still going, but my upper body is dancing to the music and I get a groove going to whatever music I'm playing. And I've noticed that the benefits of dance cardio as opposed to just doing the elliptical the typical elliptical movements are like tenfold i'm in a better mood um my my actual like physical shape has improved much quicker my metabolism has jumped much more quickly than i would have expected my endurance has gone up It just you, you could have it a makes new, a difference. Yeah, you could have a new uh, fitness craze going there. <laughs> Elliptical it's dancing. It's fun, dude. Yeah. It's awesome. It's it's like just a blast because, you, mm. you know, if you're doing cardio, you should be doing alternate intensity cardio if you actually want it to be beneficial to you. So, you know, slow song, fast song, slow song, fast song, slow song, fast song. That should be your playlist. And so you can, you know, get the get the rhythm going with a slow reggae song and then get get a good like um I, I love Indian music for that. Yeah. Bollywood music? Yeah. It's it's perfect because you can get the upper movement the upper body movements going into a good Bollywood hit and your legs are still doing what they do. That's amazing for your coordination as well. I mean everything absolutely I used to be a personal fitness trainer but everything is working there um but I think the other thing with it is you've it's not just kind of the the meditative um movement of the elliptical machine and and you going kind of in a rhythm it's um a a, a kind of a sort of free expression as well so you're really connecting with different aspects of yourself through the music and then you know that's like doing an ecstatic dance you're doing an ecstatic dance <laughs> um more or less on every the morning <laughs> yeah you are and and it it is powerful because i mean otherwise the the body can um end up on those machines and things being pretty rigid so you're really freeing up your energy and um you know what i was talking about earlier about the di- you know shifting any stuckness um and experiencing different parts of yourself so it's no wonder that you feel more alive in all of those various different ways that you said and getting in touch with the different rhythms within you love it very cool because i i see the folks here there's a fitness center at my complex and then there's an la fitness commercial fitness place next door at the commercial fitness place next door, every one of the cardio machines has its own television. Here, there's just two big ones on the wall because it's not very big. Mm. It's just for the complex. But the, the commercial one, there's a little TV. And so you see these, I see these people in there, 
particularly on the stationary bikes. And from the waist down, they're out having a lovely bike ride. And from the waist up, they're either hypnotized by the drama show or or most often they're watching the financial markets and oh. and, and, and and from the waist up they're just like i the tension and the and so you see these legs that are having a nice little you know go and then <laughs> these arms that are just about to die and fall off and and it it i can't imagine that being that beneficial really no, so basically they're still completely disconnected from their bodies. They're still yes. in their heads. Right. Um, and their movement isn't conscious. And um, oh, I, don't, I can't remember what it was that I was watching the other day. I can't remember the, na- the lady's name. But, I mean, she was talking about, and I was, you know, I learned this to a degree doing, a, doing personal training, but I've learned it a lot more in kind of my spiritual explorations and everything. But... You know, the the more conscious you are with your movement, the more kind of like neural connections are going to be made. Um, and particularly slow movement is really good because then the nervous, uh, nervous system picks up differentiations in your movement and it starts forming new neural connections. So, um, you know, the more conscious you can be in in your body and switching off the mind, the more beneficial the exercise is, is going to be. Absolutely. That's awesome. It, it mm. is. It's just so yeah. it is it very disconnected. And Yeah. And I can only imagine the poor, you know, body, you know, wait, are we supposed to be uh, having a run or are we supposed to be tense? What are we doing? And yeah. um uh, I, but, I can't even I can't even wrap my head around the concept of watching something on TV and trying to exercise. I can't even watch TV and do stretches. That to me seems so insane. Mm. It's just so far out there. That why would you, well, why the, would the, you do the time that? I've worked with personal trainers before and physical therapists uh, <laughs> as well when I was learning to walk again after my. Uh, brief croaking in 2007. I, I spent part of 2008 in underwater, up to my neck in water in a pool, uh, to make me weigh less so I could learn to walk again. And um, and uh, from the trainers to the physical therapists, it was you know okay now you want to feel and they would they would touch they would touch my body where they were talking about and they'd say you want to feel right in here it wants to feel like this or you're you know notice what's going on here and I I bet you money that that's part of the difference that those people have. You can I mean you can look and figure out exercises to do and go do. You don't need a trainer, but the trainers that I've worked with have all and therapists have all increased your your body awareness and body focus. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, important to 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 maximize the you know what you're going to get out of the the movement and um and also you know if you've had an accident something like that where you're re-educating your body you have to be conscious well i mean i don't know how conscious we are when we're first learning when we're little but um probably a damn something well, we're, we're more in our bodies i guess when we're, when we're little anyway but um if you have an accident like that then um of course, you're going. Your, you know, your recovery is going to be way quicker the more conscious you are of of the movement. 
yeah, it it it, um, it, it that focus was uh, and it still is. If I uh, and it's rare now, but if I find myself having a little imbalance, a little when Nikki and I were both in Costa Rica, that we were going to go down the it's a very steep drive. You familiar with those? I'm sure from Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the covered with gravel, and they were going to go down there and find coconuts. And I had taken a picture or something, so I was behind the group. And, and, and I started to head down that hill, and one foot was sliding, and the other foot was dug in, and my body was going three different directions and kind of going, hey, that's not okay. I can't do this. And so I stopped, and I did manage to stop without falling down. And, and when I turned around to walk back the three or four foot that I had slid, I was very conscious of how did the rocks feel under my foot before I put my weight down? What did I, mm-hmm. I, I, I still have a tendency in a situation where I've gotten imbalanced or anything like that at all to, to suddenly shift my focus almost, it's almost, it almost seems counterintuitive. You should pay attention with your eyes to where you are in your brain, figure out what to do. No, it's more of a, Get in there and, you know, because your foot knows when it's not okay for the rest of you to step down on it. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it really does. Right. And, yeah. and, and if you're paying attention, you'll know because it'll say, not here. It's not good. And, um, and of course, you, you know, I've heard other, had heard prior, you know, from other spiritual folks that your body talks to you. And it's not... It's not like, I, I don't get phone calls from my feet, okay, that say, okay, this is not safe, <laughs> people. I'm not, but you you just know. You you just do hey, know. Hey, Richard, this is your left toe. We just thought you'd we'd let you know that your order is ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and have you gotten those new nail clippers yet? Because I'm, t- oh, but, um, <laughs> but it is, it's, it, 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 it's, um, uh, I do that. I picked that up from Elohim. Uh, and Veronica Torres, the what's your left big toe doing? And uh, and it's not she unusual to ask to ask somebody that, and they they're like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yes, that's the point. <laughs> you know, you know, it it also it, it makes me think. I mean, another huge passion of mine is self healing and um, tapping into the body's own intelligence to. Um, help ourselves recover from things and and allowing the body's own innate healing capacity to do the healing rather than, you know, trying to intervene with medical interventions. I mean, sometimes I do think that, well, I don't know. I'm split on this. I don't know if it's necessary or not, but it's it's about personal choice and following what's true for you. But, um, I mean, I, I certainly believe that all pain, all discomfort or disease it's a message it's a message from our soul it's a message from our body saying something is wrong something isn't working and whether there's something physical that's wrong or emotional or spiritual or mental it's a message and the more we can tune in and you know that the message for me is also something in our psyche that isn't true we have some lie going on in our body that's creating a vibration that isn't in harmony with the truth of who we are. And that's what's creating the disease. And when we can fully connect, when we can um, hear those messages and bring that vibration back into balance, that 
so many times, you know, that's when we hear of like spontaneous healings. Um, for me, that's a, a most likely or from, you know, everything I've experienced personally and things that I've read, it's when you come back into truth, when you um, rebalance something that is out of balance in your energy system. Um, so the whole connection with the body's intelligence, it, you know, it can help us prevent a fall. It can, it's like, the body's intuition it can help us avoid danger it also has the capacity to heal so there, there's so many different levels that you know the more in tune we are with our bodies um the more likely they are to kind of um be in an optimal condition where they can they can heal and they they can function as best as possible um and, you know, I think everyone's body tells a story. You can see by the, the way someone holds themselves or the way they move, where they're holding tension, where the stuck energy is. And it's highly likely that they, they're running some pattern that is, you know, out of harmony with, with who they really are. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you add to that? Very, very well put. It, it, it does. Your body knows. That's how I knew when I found the neurologist that I have that I found. You know, I had a lot of saw a lot of doctors before they figured out what was going on with me that I was losing my ability to walk, and uh, uh, they were going to MRI this and test this and do that and pills this and nothing was working. Nothing was happening. And uh, uh, then I ran into this neurologist and he was like, you know. All right, well, we've got some stuff. We'll we'll handle the pain so you can get some sleep because I hadn't slept in like three months. And um, and then he said, it's your body's a self-correcting system if we mm-hmm. just stay out of its way. And so he you know gave me what was necessary to control the involuntary body jerks and and pain. And uh, and then once we got that under control, the, the minute we got that under control, he sent me for, to physical therapy and uh, said, you need to go see this guy. He's a real magician. And one of yeah. his big magic wands was that he has this big uh, swimming pool. And yeah. um, uh, the buoyancy, and I think being grounded in the water is helpful too, but the buoyancy makes you lighter and... And uh, he had people that that's all they did was work with folks that, you know, had really lost a, a facility in their body. And uh, he even had an underwater treadmill. Wow. I spent, I spent some time on the underwater treadmill because yeah. the other thing is, you know, you're, you're losing your ability to walk. Your muscles start wasting because mm. they're not going to hang around if you're not using them. Right? They're like, yeah, yeah, we, use it or yeah they do it. weird things. We're not, we're not yeah. needed around here. We'll go. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody loves me. I'm but, leaving. But one of the things she, she, talked, she talked about, too, is that this, these beliefs that we have, the belief structures that affect our physicality. And so this is one that we talked about on Fibro Friday, um, but I want to talk about it again because it's important. And it has to do with that resting. I was raised in a house where it was not okay 
to be still, to be quiet, to do nothing unless you were sick. Therefore, when it came to the point in my life where it was time for me to do nothing, I would become ill because mm. the two were intertwined for me and I could not allow myself to stop, be still and rest unless I was sick, unless I had a reason, a physical reason to stop, be still and rest. And so that's like you said, the, the communication, the pain, the dis-ease is a, commu- a message. Mm. Her, yes. Her body learned, my body learned when I was a child that if you wanted to be still and rest, then you needed to manifest some illness because then it would be okay. Yeah. And the most important thing in there is is becoming aware of that belief. So, you know, for both of you, you are aware. So therefore you can change it. And, oh, it's gone dead. Are you there? Right, yeah, we're here. We're here. (laughs) I suddenly thought, I'm not hearing any background noise. Um, yeah, so, so you, you can change it. And, and with that, for me, one of the most important things is, is about switching your focus to being well. And then the body automatically starts having those thoughts that are congruent with being well and vital. But until you're aware of the belief and the pattern that's creating, you're pretty much a, a slave to that. You know, it's going to keep repeating itself until it's brought into conscious awareness. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's wonderful when we do become aware because we, we have the opportunity then to break the cycle. Right. It's almost for me like the awareness that, that that's really the big break of the cycle. Yeah. And then it's, just, then it's just being careful you don't pick it back up again. Um, I know when we went and visited Costa Rica, I was very focused, I I somehow became very focused on the fact that it was Costa Rica and the jungle that made me well. Because when we went to visit for a week, I was perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, To the point I began rejecting my medications. And um, so when I came back to Texas, I, within two weeks, I got, I was as ill as I'd ever been again. Mm -hmm. And, but I've, I've been back in Phoenix now for months. And I'm better than I was when I got here. Certainly better than I was about a month in, but oh but, wow! But, but I'm better than not I was. Not even comparable. <laughs> uh, not even comparable. Because the the energy and, and combined with the environment down there are very conducive yeah. to that. But that I can that it's me and my body that have the ability to make me and my body be okay. Totally. And that to me now includes, um, and it's funny because I forgot it, but, it, but it, because I had discovered it at one point in my life and then I kind of forgot it, is to have that periodic reconnection with a place much more natural than even where I live now. Mm-hmm. Uh, although this is beautiful and we have you know, mountains and beautiful view of the blood moon eclipse uh, wow. last night. It was, yeah, it was gorgeous. But... So, so no matter where I am, I search for that if if it if I haven't noticed it because I miss it, you know, and 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 I can always find something that sort of keeps it alive until the next time that I'm going to go, uh, and and it doesn't mean I'm going to go to Costa Rica for six months necessarily again. Yeah. I, I'm certainly going to Costa Rica again because I just love the place. I love the people, like uh, both the gringos and the ticos. 
um, just really open-hearted people, particularly the the, uh, the Ticos. Some of the gringos haven't lost it yet. Uh, <laughs> I certainly hadn't lost it. When I went back to stay, it, did, it wasn't magic like it was for that one week. Because I wasn't yeah. focused on it being it, I was waiting to see and and and, yeah. and and but I think sometimes you have to have that be still, be quiet thing to be able to put those pieces together, and mm. and you really get to focus on you know today I ate so and so and or yesterday I ate so and so and today my body doesn't feel good. Mm. I'm not going to eat that today. I'm going to eat something different. And oh yeah, I feel good today. Okay, well I need to. And, um, uh, and and focus on that in that environment. But um, it's just about time for us to take a break. Uh, cool. So why don't we take a break, and then we come back, we'll talk a little okay. more focused on this ecstatic dance thing and how okay. to do that and what's up with all that, because we've been talking how cool it must be, but we haven't really even talked too much about what it is. And def- definitions and things. So we'll do that when we get yeah, back. What, okay. What should we play, Nikki? That we almost have to play something that's just like American Bandstand. Well, it's got a good rhythm, and you can dance to it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we have one gonna, of those. I was going to say um, Firebird. Firebird would be appropriate. Would be appropriate. Yeah, we've been having lots of Phoenix Rising, rising. There's been a lot of rising. Well, because she's a she's a Phoenix Rising because she was. And she was sick and, and ill, and um, you're a phoenix rising because you were ill, and I'm a phoenix rising just because I am. It is. <laughs> well, everybody is. Let's get down to it, eh? <clears throat> um, so, yeah. They really let's, are. Let's play phoenix rising. Or, or, yeah. Firebird. It's the same thing. Firebird. Same difference. All right. Firebird. So, our friend, dear friend, Ina V, once again, um, just such awesome stuff, Ina V, with her song, Firebird, and we'll be right back. Stick with us, folks. I am a snake
Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our dear friend Ina B. with her song Firebird. And you can find out more about her at www.enavie.com. That's enavie.com. And uh, check her out. She's doing some amazing things and, and has awesome music. So uh, we hope you'll do that. But we're back here now with Kirsty McAndrew and talking about uh, who she is and what she does and, uh, and life, the universe, and everything. You know us. Um, we go off topic a little. Thank heavens. <clears throat> or thank George. And, uh, thank George. We were going to talk a little more about ecstatic dance, but uh, you know, interesting thing about physicality and resting and that we were you know, a leave-over from last time that, that you ladies were talking about on the break that I think everybody would benefit from. You used to Yeah, well, you well used it to be started, athletic? it started with How did it started with with me talking about my telephone of how I how I know when I'm starting to get tired and then Christy came in with this amazing bit of information and how how training for athletes has actually changed due to their awareness now that it's really important. So I'm going to let her tell us about that because yeah, it's really to, cool that they're you used to compete for the crown. I did compete. I had no earthly idea. See? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I used to be a synchronized swimmer. Um, competed for Great Britain for many years. But we, we were saying, you know, we, we worked tremendously hard. And it was go, 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 right up into competition time. And, and some sports did taper before a competition so that they were a little more rested. But there's been a lot of, you know, since I given up certainly there's been research to show that how important rest is in to be built into the schedule athlete schedule so that they perform at peak condition and it's you know it's that time for the body to fully recuperate and um make new neural connections and um help them to to always be in peak condition and the I know in some sports over here, some of the athletes, at least for a period of time, have worn monitors to track how much they're resting and to make sure that they are incorporating enough rest into their schedule. And, um, you know, it goes, all of this for me goes back to living in, you know, in greater harmony with nature because nature has rhythms and cycles. And for us to, be in optimal condition it makes sense that we honor our own cycles and we live you know we live in tune with those and the obvious ones the biorhythms the circadian rhythm um and i think because there's so much pressure to keep go 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 um that's you know so many people end up burnt out because they're not incorporating this rest into their, you know, into their schedule. So, now I mean, the the research is fascinating. You, you think about it, and you think, well, I suppose it's obvious in a way. <laughs> but there was such a mentality of, you know, the harder harder you work, the better you'll be. Um, and the contrary is actually true. Yeah, so, it's more than just yeah. you know, do upper body today and lower body tomorrow so that they have chance to recuperate. That's not entirely rest and recuperate, really. No, no. That's we more of that your upper and lower body are two separate things. Yes. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, I, I've looked. 
that my body more than once. It's all connected. <laughs> and connected with your mind too, and your heart. Yes, absolutely. So it, it, it but it is. It's kind of goofy that you know. Okay, we've we've recognized that muscles need time to recuperate so they can build new connections and grow. And <laughs> so we'll just work oh the other muscles. <laughs> what? Because you got to work, work, work. Yeah. You know. I know. I mean, it's, it almost seems mad thinking about it. But, um, yeah, more is not better. And I, I'm such an advocate of um, being in harmony with your own natural rhythm and being in harmony with the cycles of, of nature. And I know since I've become more aware of that myself, how much... Um, how much more content I feel, how much more energy I have and feeling more alive. Um, and, you know, this for me as well, though, goes kind of full circle back to the beginning of our conversation when we were talking about how important it is to live your desires. Because the more that those are interwoven, the more you focus on what you love, the more you do what you love, the more energy you have. And we know that from, you know, our, our vibra- we're at a higher vibration. Um, equally, it, so, so that energizes us. So, so all of this, is, for me, in a way, is about managing energy. And, you know, the concept of everything is energy. And how do we manage our own so that we feel vital and alive all of the time? Well, when people talk all the time about, you know, well, when I was a teenager, I could just go and go and sleep four hours and go and go and go. And I felt mm-hmm. great. I think that that was just, we hadn't had, an, our brains hadn't had enough time to whip our bodies into a lower vibration yet. They were still vibrating more like they were when it was fresh from the factory, so to speak. <laughs> Newborn. <laughs> and everything's in perfect harmony in the body. And that it's, it's often these beliefs, these thoughts, these things uh, that we've been talking about that gets stuck in there. I mean, I can't think of what else for, you know, like arthritis or tight muscles or it's stuck. <laughs> Your body's probably going, look, you see this, it's stuck. There's something stuck here. Help. <laughs> and, and, but we don't get it. And, and that's one of those moving the body around so that that energy moves around. Mm. Helps bring those issues up. That's, that's your, Ecstatic dance, part of your body consciousness thing. Yeah. I'm totally. loving this body intelligence thing. People overlook that. Bodies are really smart about being physical and being bodies. They Way are. smarter than we are. Yeah. <laughs> We're just learning. <laughs> I think our bodies are very smart. I mean, the, to me, the most important thing is just to move. The ecstatic dance is, um, I mean... It's a great way in just even from doing one dance to release stress, release tension to, I mean, it's the number of people that describe it as heart opening and, you know, by the end of it experiencing this sense of oneness because you've danced through the limitations, you've danced through the um, denser energies, you've released them and the more you kind of can switch off the thinking mind, which you do through breath, I can, I'll, I can explain a little bit more about it if you'd like. But um, 
it you know the more you can yeah, become a witness that. to your process the more you can sort of let go into yourself and allow whatever wants to be expressed to be expressed so that you to me it's a, it's kind of a clearing it's clearing the energy blocks to enable you to experience these higher vibrational states of ecstasy bliss joy um happiness and the more you do this kind of thing the more your body learns to do it and you know ecstatic dance is a form of movement meditation so you combine breath music and movement together to transcend the egoic mind so it's like switching off the thinking mind you go inside you come you become connected within you observe what's going on inside and allow the body to move in an authentic way so it doesn't have to be pretty. It's not like you're trying to do a dance that looks good. Um, and maybe dance throws people a little bit because they think, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do something in a certain way. You know, there's really no right or wrong way to do it. And um, the more you can just let go and allow the body to move authentically, the more you can allow it to find its own rhythm, the more it can be transformational, the more healing it can be. And the particular form, I'm playing with it actually myself, of, of different ways of using it and, and kind of tapping into your creative potential because you can get so many insights when the mind goes still, when you move the body, when you have an intention. Um, for me, I get a lot of creative insights and I get a lot of ideas when I'm doing it. Um, but, it, you know, we start with something like preparation, the body warm-up. So... This is about waking up every little different part of the body, getting it present in the room, listening to it, connecting with it, breathing into it, feeling it. Because, um, you know, I said before, you know, the body tells a story and any tensions in any part of the body, any pain, that, again, that's giving you a message. But the, the thing with this is to observe it without judgment and not to try and analyze it. It's just to let it be. And the more you can allow and let it be, the more it just expresses and then dissolves. Um, so after we've warmed up the body, we move into a section called the shake. And the shake is probably my favorite part of the dance. I remember the very first time I did it, just how and I let go. The shake literally takes you over. And your, your body is doing this incredible rhythmical shaking that is awakening your life force, um, getting you ready for the main part of the dance. But it's, it's the oldest form of healing on the planet, and it was used by indigenous cultures. And now, you know, in a Western society, they're even doing studies on it and, and the um, harmonizing effects, actually, that it has integrating the left and right side of the brain. So that for me is just such a magical part of the dance. And then um, after, after the shake, you go into the main part of the dance, which is called the let go. And this is a, a long stretch where we use different, um, different types of music. And the whole process, the whole kind of uh, different parts of the ecstatic dance takes you through the orgasmic reflex. And this part of the dance in particular does a you know its own little orga um, orgasmic reflex and by that I mean that you build and build and build and build the energy until there's a release 
and then you come back down into grounding and into um, quieter, stiller states and ground the energy. So the, the let go is, for me, the different music as well, as, as well as building the energy up, it again taps into different aspects of ourselves and we can experience different archetypes. Maybe we, we feel like we become a particular animal, um, a connection with the different elements. There's all sorts of different things that can, that can go on in, in the let go. It can bring up intense emotions, it can bring up pain, or it can do nothing. And one of the things for me is really trusting that whatever you experience is perfect. And at the end of the let go, drop to the floor and lie in stillness. And you can really feel the energy moving through your body and integrating. So any of the transformational work that's gone on, it, it starts to integrate and settle and um, the body becomes kind of calm again. And uh, the final stage is meditation. And that's where we ground our energy, um, feel the body as a bridge between heaven and earth and, you know, masculine and feminine, feel that integration. And I always finish, we, you know, we do the meditation in a circle and I always finish by encouraging everybody to share something about their experience because I think for me vocalizing an aspect of it um, helps make it more real help but it but also it, it just is such a lovely connection at the end at the end to hear other people's experiences and um, share share that connection fully so that's an overview <laughs> of the dance. It, is, it sounds you know, just awesome. Well, it sounds it sounds rather divine. Yeah, actually. it is divine. And and for me, it really uh, connects people with their own divinity. That so many times, you know, what you hear, people are in such beautiful places at the end of it. And I have loved. Um, well, actually, do you know what? I mean, I love leading them anywhere. I loved leading them in the UK before I went away. And then I got the opportunity. This is, I mean, learning to follow my intuition and, and be led to where my heart would really love to go. In, in LA, I ended up, you know, through Airbnb, I booked to stay with this lady. And it turned out she loved ecstatic dance. She'd been wanting to have dances in the community center right up in this place, Topanga Canyon, where... And the community was built on, you know, sacred and Native American land. So we did some dance or a couple of dances in this community center and they just felt amazing. And then I get to Costa Rica and doing them outside with, I use as much as possible, I use very natural music um, that has a certain frequency. The last couple of dances, I worked with a DJ and he incorporated some electronic stuff as well. But he was very careful with the frequency of the music to keep it, you know, in tune with natural frequencies. Amazing DJ. So I've loved doing them outside where you, you can really connect with the nature as well and the sounds of nature. Um, so that sort of journeying home feeling your pure essence is, you know, tenfold in the jungle. 
Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah. Would be. I love it. I love it. It's interesting you mentioned Topanga Canyon. That's that's where our friend Ina B lives. Really? On a hillside, Topanga Canyon. Mm-hmm. Oh. She's over there having huh? all that musical stuff going on in Topanga wow. Canyon. That is such synchro mysticism. <laughs> yeah. Topanga Canyon was just, for me, a very mystical place. And there were a lot of conscious people there. And communities of people really engaged with the natural environment and wanting to make a difference, both to, you know, to people and the planet. It's a lo- lovely place to be. Yeah, she talked very fondly about it when she came and visited mm-hmm. on the show. In fact, there was a hitch or something in the communication. That's how it came up. She said, oh, well, that's how it is in the canyon. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Nikki now says, well, that's how it is in the hills of Quebec sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, oh, that's how it is in Costa Rica. We, yeah. we know how that is about the Internet over there. Goodness. Comes and goes. Yeah. But that, 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 whole, that whole process, um, you know, I don't. I really didn't have, you know, what is this ecstatic dance thing? I figured yeah. it's something you got lost in, but um, uh, but it's a little more than, you know, having some music and just, you know, jerking around. It's There's a process involved, some guidance involved, much like shaman would have done when they had people dance for healing. Yeah, I mean, gosh, the, the shamans, and I'd love to experience, um, like, a, a proper shamanic, I mean, you know, I've done shamanic dances, even in that this method is considered shamanic, but I'd love to do it with, you know, tribal people around a campfire or something, or not necessarily even around a campfire. But um, this is usually like a two hour process. And we, I mean, I've done, again, back in LA, but Venice Beach, the drum circles, I absolutely love drum circles because this um, takes you into ecstatic rhythms. And again, it's for me, the, the, the dance, the drumming, it's all about getting in tune with rhythms, finding different rhythms in you, um, releasing rhythms that are out of harmony with your body's optimal functioning or with your truth, you know, depending on which phrase kind of resonates more with you. But to me, they're the same thing. Um, and I... I always feel, for me, I feel so alive at the end of these dances. I feel awake. I feel like um, I have a much greater clarity. You know, my eyes feel brighter. Everything looks much more vibrant. So it really does shift your vibration. Um, And, I, I mean, I've even taken it into the corporate world over here. Um, you know, they, they'd never experienced anything like it, but they were open. And one of the things that intrigued me was the lady who introduced me, she said, it, you know, it's really apt that we've got Kirstie here because it's National Heart Week or National Heart Month. I think I can't remember which. And I, I completely was on a different track from her when she said, you know, it's National Heart Week and we're going to be doing some cardiovascular work and it's going to get our hearts pumping. And I said, and I said, and it's going to really open our hearts. And the blank looks I got from everybody when I said it. <laughs> but they did it. And what was interesting to me was that 
I was watch, you know, I was watching because we did, this particular form. There's different forms. Um, some of them are eyes open. Some of them are you know interacting with other people, and that can be really beautiful. I mean, I love all forms. This one, I always do it eyes closed because it helps you connect inside. So they're you know they're doing it with their eyes closed, and I observed one lady, and she was barely moving. She had her arms crossed in front of her the whole time, and I thought, oh my god, she hates it. And at the end, she came up to me and she said, that was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. And she said, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what happened, but I feel amazing. And I love that music. Can I have have the playlist? And, you know, there's a lot of tribal music. And I thought, well, that was an interesting lesson for me because you can never judge a person's experience. And I absolutely have faith now that everyone receives what they most need in the process so although I can give guidance and although I say oh you may experience this and this and this someone may experience nothing and that's perfect um it's just for me it's about freedom of expression and I've known some people they you know they came because they were my friends (laughs) and they said you know slightly uncomfortable to do the dance but the more I got into it the more liberated I felt and the more I just allowed myself to let go, the freer I felt. So it, it's an enormous gift for life because the more you can do it in, in this type of environment or, the, you know, if you do it at home and it's like you, Nikki, on your um, ellipta. Is it ellipta, ecliptor, ecliptor, thingy? Elliptical. 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 My elliptical. You know, you're, yeah. you're moving freely. You're moving your body while you're on that. And... It just, for me, it translates to the rest of your life because you're freeing up energy that might have been stuck. You're getting in touch with a different part of yourself. Um, I remember one of the dances we did in LA and we were sharing at the end and it was all women that ended up coming. And every single one of us had experienced the crone energy. And we all felt like we had embodied that that energy. And it was fascinating because... I think um, although you're doing your own dance, your body actually entrains with other people during the dance as well. And, right. um, and you end up kind of getting a greater experience by interacting together, even though you've got your eyes closed. Our energies are still interacting because they're not confined to our body. So it's it's enormously magical. <sighs> it sounds yummy. Sounds yummy. Just and you suddenly get some you know understanding of these poor you know Spanish missionaries coming from civilization and or the Romans going to visit the Celts and you know here's these people and they're all in a big circle around a bonfire and they're writhing and carrying on and falling on the ground and you think oh yeah that can't be that can't be holy over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um but I think that that even if they maybe didn't specifically put their finger on it, I think that's what a lot of those rituals were about. Yeah. Because there is there is something to it. I I know the first time somebody told me feel this thing while you're exercising or or you know feel this part of your leg while you're trying to walk. Um I thought they were crazy. I can't. What? 
What do you? But I can. I can figure out what's going on down there and get in touch with that. But it, mm-hmm. it, it didn't really happen for me until I was, they could talk about it all day long, feel what's going on right here. It didn't happen until I was like in the pool moving it. Then I could feel it. But when it's sitting still, it was like I couldn't, well, uh, even if I was connecting with that muscle per se, uh, that part of my body, it was being still. I wasn't doing anything, you know. Yeah. And uh, so there is, and of course, there's the lymph system, all these parts of the body that just don't work if you don't move. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, lack of movement will kill you, literally. And and so it is integral to the body and, and, and the way it functions, that it needs to move. All of the parts of it need to move, too. Yeah. And... um so it only kind of makes sense that that would be an optimal time for communication and communion between self and self. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's when it's really singing. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. And I, I, I really feel the more we can get into our bodies, the more free we feel, the more alive we feel. And I think you're right. I mean. You know, they were, you know, maybe not so much, well, maybe they they were communicating verbally, but they were also communicating through their bodies and they were creating a connection through their bodies. And there's something that I feel is so valuable in not making any part of ourselves wrong. So the, the more free we feel in our bodies, the more we're able to fully connect in our environment and fully connect with other people. Um, It's so precious. It's so vital for us to be all we can be in the world. And, you know, we goes back to, we talked earlier about being the kind of the creative expression of George, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, our own unique creative expression. And for me, in order to, kind of connect with our creative expression we have to feel free we have to feel actually safe to express or maybe safe is the wrong word but a level of security within um where we can feel free to to express ourselves fully uh, there's so many different layers and levels and um wonderful things i i think that come from this greater connection with our bodies right from health through to you know liberating i i call it liberating our magic but you know fully expressing ourselves creatively our, our gifts and our talents and sharing those and it's another form you know being in the body listening to the body is an is a, a form of intuitive communication um, the different, you know, different modalities for for intuition, and it's um, for me tuning into the body's wisdom is one of those ways. And it is intuitive communication. That's how yeah. your body communicates. Doesn't, yeah. As I said, my my foot doesn't ring me up on the mm-hmm. phone, um, <laughs> but would love to have a chat and would be in fact relieved probably you know oh, yeah the boss is back in the office everything's going to be okay yeah um 
Because, you know, George only knows that in this society, nobody has any inhibitions or, or, or stuckness or insecurities about their body. No. <laughs> oh. Um, and it is kind of odd, you know, whether you want to look at it as the vehicle that we're in or I, I just, it's, it is the physical expression of me here at the moment, um, being ashamed of it and don't move it in certain ways. You know, I grew up in the, in the Baptist church, Southern Baptist church, no dancing. No dancing. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Do you know it, what? It, That's it, so it, weird. Yeah. It 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 looks it looks a little like sex. So no dancing. Yeah. Well, you know, I um I went to a school in in Costa Rica, and because I I really believe this would be a wonderful thing for uh, children to engage in, to express themselves freely. But all you know, it's it, so many benefits in in terms of getting them moving and. Um, building their self-confidence and that it's okay to be themselves right from an early age and it was fascinating because you know one of the things I did come up against was I think some of them were trying it on a little bit because the the actually the teacher the PE teacher left <laughs> and I was there on my own and I'm sure some of the children were like okay let's see what we can you know get away with but some of them said to me we're Christian we can't dance we don't dance, and they they were really um, adamant that they they couldn't do it because they were Christian. Um, wow! And I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think there was an element of truth to it, and and also um, there were a couple of the parent teachers who, in, because of their religious belief, and I totally respect this, but for them, it, what they were observing felt. Um, you know, mystical and wrong. And pagan and dirty. Pagan, yeah, exactly. Mm. And it, it went against their beliefs. So those children didn't engage in it. But one of the things I really loved about doing it with those children is the ones that were labeled as, you know, dyslexic or um, AD, ADD, I always forget if there's an H in there. Um, mm. Those were the ones that were so much more free in their expression in the dance and they weren't you know there there were right even from the age of kind of six some of them were looking around and asking am I doing it right I don't know how to take even with a demonstration how do you do it um and looking around for approval from their friends it was astounding to me that that sets in at such an early age so for me, you know, bringing this and doing this with children it would be amazing because giving them a outlet for their own self-expression, building their confidence, their self-esteem, um, they're, they're kind of, you know, that saying yes to themselves from an early age, I'm, I'm sure would kind of mitigate a lot of problems later in life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Get them young, I always say. Yeah. And it's a form of meditation. So Free the children. Expected. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not expected them to sit still and, um, you know, meditate, kind of sitting down. They can learn to meditate in a different way but still receive the benefits of meditation. Karma, yeah. yeah. 
more peaceful children. Ooh, there's a concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, nobody in favor of that. But <laughs> um, it, yeah, no, it was very, very, very strictly enforced in the in the Baptist church. No, no drinking, yeah. no dancing. I used to, in, in my teenage and 20s, and I used to say, you know, well, I was raised Baptist. We don't drink. We don't dance. We don't have no good time. Um, because we even, you know, communion was called the Lord's Supper, and it was grape juice. No wine. Because wow. that's alcohol. That's devil stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and dancing, yeah, you're going straight to hell. <laughs> you know. And But I wonder sometimes if it wasn't, you know, the the case, like these Spanish missionaries that had been in a in a monastery somewhere you know showing up and getting invited to probably a huge honor getting invited to a dance ceremony and then thinking oh yeah this can't be good um (laughs) and um because it somehow was it was it was like it was that's not okay that's that's part of your baser desires yeah you must transcend the body what it's kind of hard to do when you're alive on the planet. I know, but that's the thing. The, the body has been made wrong. Um, and so we don't kind of indulge in the, our own pleasure of our, of our own bodies. And again, it, just that disconnection, it causes so many challenges. Mm. Yeah, we were, we were essentially taught that the body was a task and trial that you mm-hmm. had to put up with you know, then suffer with. And uh, so it and that's was. that's kind of weird. It is very weird. <laughs> I, you know, I look at it now and it's just downright wonky. Um, because it, it, I, even if you're going to take it strictly from their standpoint, God didn't, you know, say, well, I didn't got anything else I can do. So here, I'll give you this body. It's a nasty thing, but you can have it. It was, it's, it's glorious creation. It is. You know, vehicle for his children. And, and, and so why would he create us in bodies if bodies were bad? Why would he do that? But, you know, I, I guess I'm on closer terms with George sometimes. Than, <laughs> you know, people that have to go through a priest, that has to go through a bishop, that has to go through a cardinal, that, you know, because there's really that, only that one guy in Rome that talks to God. <clears throat> that is goofy. It's part of that disconnection. Yeah. And, um, but there is, there's a huge disconnect, I think, between people. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that there's a huge disconnect between people and their bodies, or we would not have a planet full of overweight people having diabetes, having all these mm-hmm. disorders. There, we would have orderly bodies. Yeah. And, um, because they tell you. They, they, the, and I'm still early in the journey with my body, I would say, but... You know, it tells me, don't do that. Or conversely, more often, it's telling me what, you know, ooh, yeah, more of that, please. You remember, Nikki, when you when we first started doing um, uh, Dr. Terry Wall's diet? You remember how hungry you were after your body oh, figured yeah. out that after a day or two, your body figures out you're just going to give it more good food. You're not going to go get a donut. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're just famished. And yeah. you, you like you know want to just put your nose down in a field of broccoli and go from one end to the other, you know. And and I think it, that's it's, the, it's still that way. It's still that way today. Um, I I eat six times a day ish. 
Yeah. But it's five of those probably are raw stuff, raw vegetables. Yeah. Raw yeah. fruits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, about five of those a day are, are raw meals. Yeah, and 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 it's it's for me it was after there had been a couple of days, because you know, for forty some odd years my body would say I'm hungry and I would go to McDonald's or the donut mm-hmm. shop or the cinnamon roll or the whatever, mm-hmm. and so your body's kind of in a quandary now, you know it needs some fuel and raw material, but every time it tells you that that. You put more stuff in that it has to deal with, so it needs more raw materials, really, <laughs> you know. And and so we do. We get in these states where the only communication, the only time that we pay any attention to what the body's doing is when some of it is so painful or so dysfunctional that we have no choice. Yeah. Um, and um, and I think we don't, you know, really start getting ill. A lot of us from that stuff until we're in our forties. Uh, because our bodies are just that good, you know. It takes a long time for them to get that dysfunctional. You really yeah. got to abuse them. Yeah. And uh, because they will, they'll do fantastically miraculous things. Right in the middle of being just, in my mind, disabled, I was in Costa Rica running up and down stairs and carrying on and like, mm-hmm. like there'd never been a thing wrong with me ever. <clears throat> yeah, like you forgot that you were supposed yeah, to be sick. Yeah, like I forgot. I mean, by, yeah. literally by by about day four or five, I, I started, my blood sugar started going low. I had to quit taking insulin because it just, it, my body was working properly without any addi- additives, you know, except some more papaya and pineapple. And, mm. uh, because there is, I I will say that the you know the oxygen in the air and the fresh fruits right off the trees and vines where the enzymes are all still basically alive in there, uh, that is part of it. Uh, but but too that that's sort of like with, with the walls diet. Your body just suddenly you're going to give me good food. Okay, tell you more more. <laughs> I've got stuff to fix and. Because your body doesn't want to be in dysfunction any more than you want it to be, I don't think. Oh, no. And, no and, and so, because our bodies put up with so much, you know, in the way of chemicals and additives and preservatives. and blah, blah, blah. I've always said, if you can put something in it that makes it not rot, you have disrupted the vibration of it as food, because food rots if you leave it lay around. And, and um, so you've done something to the vibration so that now even bacteria don't want to eat it. Yeah, but I'll have some, thanks. No. Um, and and it does. I mean, mine just, even just sitting here talking about it, I want salad. <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, uh, But it's such an amazing thing. Uh, and I could only imagine, you know, the kind of intelligence and research minds that, you know, have been in the medical world for so long, if they started looking at it that way, the things that the human body could do, I think. Oh, I know. Talk I to know. the stars, even. Yeah, well, um, whatever you can imagine, you can create. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and Exactly. And I think that that, too, that, that dance, you know, you're talking about the interaction with others, you're like body communication. I, I think that helps strengthen the bonds of community. 
So do I. You know, they say family that plays together stays together. Yeah, okay. Well, let's all play together. Yeah, and we we were talking. I mean, I only managed to do two dances before I left, but um, kind of the, the team of us that created it were very, very keen to just keep going um, when I go back um, because there is something lovely about c- creating a community event and um you know the second one we bought food and we shared it afterwards and it it, it's really nice because when you're in that space of um just feeling open-hearted and blissful and peaceful it's just such a wonderful space to then continue that interaction with people um and sharing food and nourishing our bodies with um you know good stuff afterwards as well just keeps the the honoring of ourselves and the honoring of building a community based on natural um principles rhythm and expression and yeah yeah Yeah, all that yeah natural order yeah people you know well if we didn't have rules there'd be chaos no there'd be natural order it might look chaotic to your scientific engineering brain but no I mean, just look at the rainforest down there in Costa Rica. It's one of the, the floor of the rainforest is practically clean. You'd think it'd be knee deep in stuff, and they, yeah. they, but there's systems that keeps it all singing right along. Yeah. And and, and our bodies would would do the same thing. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. I'm sold. Where's Where's the next yeah. dance to Costa Rica? I'll be right there. <laughs> I might see them in more than close. Well, not might. I intend I intend to travel a lot. I mean, and it's not just the dance, the the body wisdom stuff. I I just I feel I'm on a mission to reconnect people with their bodies um, because there's so many uh, benefits and um, kind of wonderful wonderful things that co- that come out of it. Just you know, li- living our truth, living our purpose living vitally, connecting, so many, so many benefits. So, yeah. Such a a, a beautiful homecoming, really, because Mm -hmm. we arrived here, and uh, however you want to figure that we arrived here or what was going on before then, we arrived here, this is home for the next, you know, 50, 60, 80, 300, however many years you reckon it's home for. It's home yeah. for a while, you know. And then as soon as you get to Sunday school, which I was attending before I went to school school, you know, your body is something shameful, dirty, nasty. You should have as little to do with it as possible. Wow. And, well, I mean, it's not those exact words, but that's what, you know, sex is that's dirty. That's the message. Sex is dirty. Dancing is dirty. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to take, oh, you uh, you were you were exercising and so you were sweating. You need to take a bath. You need to wash that off. Mm-hmm. That's nasty. Mm-hmm. And um, all of those messages tend to go together. And I look at them in retrospect now and, 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 and it was your body's a problem. It's just something that you're going to have to deal with. It's one of the trials that God has put before us. Mm. My, my own little cross that I must bear. It's just the most dreadful yeah. thing. 
that is built into some of this tradition of, of uh, uh, and and it's a society tradition. I don't view it as a Christian tradition, although that it's been well preserved there. Um, it's just something you know about the scientific thing of nature is to be conquered. Our body's nature. Yes, and what it's you know, and it's um, suppression of the fem- feminine principle because intuition is feminine the body the connection as you say nature that connection with mother earth feminine it's always mother earth it's never father earth no father sky father sky (laughs) father sun and you know okay well father sky that's nice and airy and clean and okay and and the earth Mm -hmm. is dirty and muddy and nasty and don't don't get Mm -hmm. in that don't touch that don't you know it was the only thing i ever heard about the natural world really was don't really you know well, well right. mm, don't touch that. It's, yeah. don't put that in your mouth. Don't do that. Don't. It's just sort of what you tell kids, or what I was. Thinking. Oh no, not in my house. I was, you know, that that was the opposite in my house. I was taught, you know, right from early age, get outside, you out, <laughs> outside you. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, I was you know sort of in that. Uh, in that generational space where my, my, I was kind of an accident at home, and but but it was it was air conditioning, you know, central air, central heat, wall-to-wall carpet. Um, these are the you know television Crazy. with the remote control, so that you don't have to get out of the chair because you know then you'd have to walk and move, and that's just we try to do as little of that as possible. That, but but that was kind of it, and it was that was the images I saw on television. That was what was happening in my household. That was what was. I, what else was I supposed to think, really? And um, uh, that is part and parcel to the shape that I find myself in today, that total disconnect from the body. Mm. Because your body tells you long before you get it really jacked up. Your body says, hey, now, wait a minute. <laughs> this is hey, a good idea. communicating with us is whether we hear it. <laughs> right, right. And, and Absolutely. And subtle communications like... Yeah. Like, don't go around the corner. There's, that's, you're not going to like it over there. They've done tests where they can see the muscles in the body start to tense up for a, a confrontation that the mind, the mind has no way to know is coming. Yeah. The body is a pretty amazing thing, pretty amazing being in its own right, really. It is. It is. And therefore, we should let it dance. We should let it dance, definitely. Invite flat bodies to dance. So, like I said, I'm ready to go to the very next one. And we have a website we can send them to, but it's going to be just like Nikki's website. It's going to be a bit before it's all filled up with stuff. It is, yes. Not long. Not long. uh, But, yes. And and it's going to be 10 days or so before the show goes up. So uh, it will sort of all be coming together, I think. Oh, yeah, it will. It will, actually. Perfect. So it's Rhythm of Your Soul. Yes. Dot com. Rhythm, yeah, Rhythm of Your Soul. Rhythm of Your Soul coming from the U2 song, Moment of Surrender. Mm. Mm-mm. Oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's all about freeing, freeing our natural rhythm, freeing our own consciousness. Absolutely. Yeah. Let it dance. That way Stella, Stella can get her groove back. <laughs> oh. That's right. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for carving some time out of your evening over there, I suppose it is. 
It is, yeah. To, to yeah, join us for like this? That. And uh, uh, it, it is. I'm ready to go next time that you're we're anywhere in the similar part of the globe. Okay. I'll be watching out, and uh-huh. we'll try that because I have to this day a, a, a thing about dance. You know, oh, I, I don't dance. I can't dance. I don't go on. do that. But I can move either the top half or bottom half of me it'll, will move to music, but never at the same time. So we're going to get everything going at once. It's going to get firing on all cylinders. Boy, then won't you have trouble with Nikki? Oh, wait. <laughs> Not like that. All right. <laughs> disappeared. All right. I was going to, uh, well, I was going to say, I, you know, towards the end of the show, but really, it's a bit of a... <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> that's why I to leave. <laughs> George, George does that to us now and again, too. Yeah. Um, so everybody, check that out, Rhythm of Your Soul, and, and keep your eyes up open for uh, lots of fantastic information coming there. This is awesome stuff, body consciousness, body intelligence. Bless your heart. Mm-hmm. What you're doing. Thank you very, very much. Very important work. And um, so everybody go visit. And, of course, you can come by our website at everydayconnection.me. We'll have all the links up there on the archive shortly after you could have heard this on the Flow Cooperative. And, uh, and we'll have more of these juicy and awesome conversations coming because it's too fun. Why would we quit? <laughs> Why, indeed. It's what we do. Dialogue, conversation, information, inspiration, something like that, right here at Everyday Connection. And check out our morning show if you haven't, if you haven't had the opportunity yet. It's not uh, up on iTunes or anything yet. you kind of got to drop by and catch us. Uh, so check that out, too. And uh, join us for our next awesome conversation. But until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Have a great now, everybody. Join Jean and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. 
How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.